Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's James Farley. Great. Thank you, Emma. So, um... Good morning, everyone. It's great to be back on uh, on daily again. Um, I'm just saying it's my first time uh, back after the summer. And uh, but for those who have been following along uh, this last week, you'll know that since we have started up again after the summer break, we have been looking at Genesis. And as part of an overview of the Bible uh, that we're doing this term, so we're kind of going to go through the whole well, an overview, a summary sort of the Bible. So the the key parts. And last week it was Genesis one and two. And the creation accounts are there. And this week we're looking at Genesis 3, where everything starts to go a bit wrong. And today we're just looking at the first verse of Genesis 3. Um, and so let me pray now before we read it. Father God, I pray that you would speak through me this morning. I pray that um, you would be speaking clearly to us today, that we would hear you and that we would obey you. In Jesus' name, Amen. <coughs> Amen. Well, our passage today is very short, just the first verse of Genesis 3. So if you'd like to turn in your Bibles, if you have one, um, or if not, it's there on the screen as well. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And many of you will be familiar with this rest of the story. Uh, the serpent and Eve have a conversation and discussion, which then leads both Adam and Eve into sin by eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we'll be going through that story over the course of this week. But here at the start of the week, we just focus on this verse, the first verse of this chapter, which sets everything off track. But for context, we've seen last week that God has created a beautiful world that is good, even very good. The only thing that was not good was that Adam was alone. But now with Adam and Eve living together in the garden with God, everything is just right. Everything is perfect. And we can see from Genesis 2 verse 9 that God had created this magnificent garden with many amazing trees, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. God had been overwhelmingly generous. There was so much to do, so much for Adam and Eve to explore in this garden. In chapter 2 verse 16, uh, we see that God had said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from a tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you'll surely die. So the one requirement, the one command, as I'm sure you know, was to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Adam and Eve were free to eat from all the other trees. All the other trees, were they were pleasing to the eye, they were good for food. They were free to explore and enjoy the other trees to their heart's content. And that's the context, that's the setting that we are at the beginning of chapter 3, where we read of this crafty snake. Now, there's no explanation in a narrative of Genesis where this snake comes from, only that he's just one of the creatures made by God. We see later on in the Bible that hints that the snake is the devil, the evil one, the enemy. Um, and of course, it's natural to ask, where does a snake come from? I thought this is a perfect world. Why is there this crafty snake in this world? Well, there are hints elsewhere in the Bible about the devil being a fallen angel. But here in the text of Genesis, there's no explanation as to why the, te- why the snake's here. But Tim Keller makes um, the good point that 
the, the text doesn't tell us anything about that. It's not about that at all. It's here to explain how we got to where we, the way we are, how we got to the way we are and how we are now. The important thing to focus on here, I think, is the tone. It's not so much what the devil says, but the manner in which he speaks. Tim Keller, again, he says, what we see is the fall of the human race starts not with an action, but with an attitude. Not with an act, but with a sneer. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Is that really what God's like? Is he really that restrictive? There is a sense that there was not so much denying what God has said, but mocking what God has said, implying it's laughable, it's ridiculous. How on earth could God be so restrictive and not let you eat from any tree in the garden? And I think we're often thrown off course with our faith when it's more when it's mocked rather than when there's an actual attempt to logically disprove it. At least that's how it's been for me, particularly at university. The times when I find it hardest to stay strong in my faith and when I get the sense from others it's ridiculous to believe these things and I get the impression from others it's absurd to hold to the historic Christian teachings. But of course, the devil is not just mocking what God has said. He is also twisting what God has said. As we've seen, God had never said, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. Quite the contrary. God had said the opposite. He said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. The only exception was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because, because God had said there's a natural consequence that eating that tree would lead to death. So what the devil was implying was that God does not want what is best for you, that he's not a generous, loving father who does what is good for his children. But you can only imply that by twisting what God had said. I think the application for us is, is let's be on our guard against the mocking of God's word, the twisting of what he has said, the implication that God is just out to restrict us and to spoil our fun, because nothing could be further from the truth. We see God's love throughout this story in Genesis and this side of the cross we can see that despite God knowing that we would sin that we would disobey him he still sent his one and only son Jesus Christ to restore our relationship with God the father Jesus the true word of God came not to restrict us or to spoil our farm but to give us life and life in all its fullness and so let's now receive God's word into our lives afresh as we pray together now so I'm going to pray um, briefly and I'm going to hand back over to Emma so let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, into this world to give us life and life in all its fullness. And we are sorry for when we've turned our backs on you, when we have disobeyed you, when we have believed the devil's lies that you do not want what is best for us. We pray that you would forgive us and fill us with your Holy Spirit to so transform us by the renewing of our minds so we may able to test and approve your will for our lives, your good, your pleasing and your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. Today on HCC Daily, we prayed into the fact that God is good and that we can trust him. And we looked at John 10.10, I've come so that you may have life and live it to the full.